Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is yours, Julie John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio. It's your boy Bones with Rob and Cat. Ladies, how are you doing this evening? What's up? Cat, you there? Oh, I'm here. Oh, Sorry. I thought she was hiding from us. Jesus, Cat. I'm hiding. You, you're hiding. I'm going to need you to pay attention, Cat. <laughs> you know, that, that coming from Rob. Rob is so astute and really does pay attention, but like he always, like he surprises me sometimes because... I don't know, I just get the feeling he's not paying attention sometimes, and he'll just, like, come with a million things about what you just said, and it's like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, no, I pay attention. I know what's going on. Yeah. He pays attention, Cat. He just doesn't always care. No, I then very rarely do I care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, you guys survived Thanksgiving. How's your stomachs? Did you gain any weight? What happened? I didn't, I, I mean, I ate, but not a lot. Uh, I didn't do Thanksgiving right this year, I guess. Uh, I didn't eat. I didn't eat enough to get sick or anything. Oh, I hurt myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of turkey. <sighs> Did you? I see. I'm not a big fan of turkey. I'm not either, really. Um, I, I usually with Thanksgiving, I just get more excited about all the side dishes. Yeah, usually, um, Thanksgiving is not my like the best food holiday for me. But I don't know. I smelled the turkey this year, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have like a nice little piece, and then I, I you know, just went turkey crazy turkey and i ate i think my weight in mashed potatoes yeah i had all the potatoes <laughs> yeah mashed mashed potatoes are where it's at but yeah the best food holiday is uh halloween because you got candy corn oh well candy <laughs> <laughs> at least rob hold on you know what I, i'm gonna have to I, I wasn't prepared for some reason <laughs> but hang on because you know what i'm not letting that slide i don't know why i didn't have this ready to go but here it is. Wait for it. There it is. My goodness. There it is. You got a whip. You happy now? Candy uh, corn. God. Uh, candy corn is where it's at. You get a big old bag of that. Sit down in front of the TV and you're set. We're talking about a Thanksgiving feast and you got the nerve to bring up fucking candy <laughs> corn. Uh, yeah, I like stuffing. I'm a stuffing guy. I go ham on stuffing. Ooh. Yeah, I... Uh... Stuff is okay. Depends on how it's made and everything. Oh, Rob. I'm a little picky about that. I could get some fucking ground sausage in that bitch. Sweet Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll hurt myself. I had stuffing all day. Oh, that was mostly what I had on Thanksgiving, and I ate it again twice today. That's how much I yeah. like stuffing. I get it once a year, and I'm going to go in on it. And then, of course, the real holiday, Black Friday. Oh God! Yeah, well, Rob, you were—we uh, were talking a little <laughs> bit before we started, and you had mentioned to us that you pick up the movie bins on Black Friday. Tell everybody, let's hear what you got. Yeah, Best Buy is usually the best place to go for that, and they have really cheap Blu-rays on Black Friday. And in years past, I've got like ten or fifteen movies. This this time around, they didn't have as much that I was really into. But um, I picked up Joker, okay, and The Hunt. Mm. 
and I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm trying to think. Um, some non-horror stuff, uncut gems. Why would you pick up the hunt? Yeah, that's why. You guys didn't like the hunt? Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh I love the hunt. I thought it was fun. Of course you did. See, this I, I don't even know what to say at this point. Well, whatever. It was six bucks. Who cares? That's the point. Yeah, I mean, you've got a point there, Cap. I, yeah. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I got my kid a Star Wars, one of the Star Wars movies that he didn't have, like the newest one, whatever the hell, Revenge of Skywalker or whatever. And then something else. I, I don't know, man. I can't remember them all. You can't, you can't be throwing, you know, curveballs at me. I don't remember what I bought. You know, it's crazy, cat. You ask him his ranking of Friday the Thirteenth movies and something <laughs> that he has, right? But movies that you've bought today, <laughs> a few hours ago. No, I don't, yeah. I don't remember. How could I? Yeah, I can't. I don't remember. I don't. Uh, oh, Knives Out. I got Knives Out. I like that movie. I don't know what that is. Knives Out was fun. Yeah. So was The Hunt. I don't know what the hell your problem is. <laughs> no. Oh, God. We're not getting into it. But, Kat, speaking of uh, movies that aren't very good, just go ahead and get it out of your system. Wonderful. I was very <laughs> disappointed <laughs> that we were talking about um, An American Werewolf in London. I don't. Uh, first of because all, stop, stop Rob right got there. me all excited about watching Santa Jaws, and then just everything that was pitched after that was a huge disappointment. Legitimately, was grumpy for like a full twenty-four hours until I realized I could watch Santa Jaws anyway, and then <laughs> that like it, it made my day better. I pitched no better. <laughs> I pitched Santa Jaws simply to to irritate Mike. And Wait. you got so excited about it, Kat. And then I was like, we can't do an episode on Santa Jaws. Yeah, like, agreed a whole on something for there. the first time. This is true. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. Every line was a gem. It was like snakes on a plane, but much lower budget. <laughs> uh, it's a fun movie. I mean, I and I didn't hate it at all. But, um, you know, I just don't know if there's a whole episode in talking about <laughs> Santa Jaws. I think that's the kind of movie where at least you can get, you know, then you can talk about Jaws, you can talk about Deep Blue Sea, you know, like, that's one of those things, I mean, damn it, we talked over an hour about fucking whatchamacall last week, The Fog, like, that was, Rob, I know you love it, but that is not an easy movie to really talk about. That movie is awesome. Okay, be that as it may. I, and speaking of, by the way, a lot of feedback we got about how many people, there was somebody who said, I can't remember their handle. But they actually said that after watching that movie, they avoided fog like for years. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's <laughs> Rob. Even you got to admit, this is a bit much. Yeah, it's a little bit much, but yeah. I mean, you know, it's a good movie. Yeah, but uh, okay, be that as it may, Cat, uh, you'll agree with me. There's just some movies that it's hard to talk about. There wasn't much on the bone to really discuss with the fog. Yeah, I I think that it might actually be easier to get a full episode out of something like Santa Jaws because it's it's objectively ridiculous and maybe no one needs to talk about it for an hour, but you could because everything in it was just like so so over the top ridiculous. Well, yeah, I I I know what you're saying though. I think that that comes from like your opinion of the movie. Like, if I really like something, I can talk about it. If I really hate something, I can talk about it. But if you're in the middle on a movie where, you know, it's That's... just okay, then it's really hard to to have a discussion about it. And I think you guys don't like The Fog as much as I do. 
that, that's true. Yeah. I think you have to really love something or really hate something. And ideally, uh, you'll have someone on the podcast who really loves it and someone else who really hates it. I think those are like the best quality. But the, the, the fog does fall right in that middle section for me. Right. Yeah, he pretty much just described the fog for us. Like, it's not <laughs> bad, but it's just, yeah. you know. But I, I have a spoiler you alert. Guys suck. I feel like Cat is going to talk us into agreeing to do Santa Jaws at some point in upcoming <laughs> December. Oh, so. this, yeah, I was going to say, December's just around the corner. Get ready, guys. If you, Santa Jaws. If you see Santa Jaws pop up on your on your iTunes, blame Cat. Just plain cat. I will take all the credit for Santa Jaws. Wow, Rob, you created credit. a monster here. I know. What the hell? Taking all the credit. I'm the one who suggested it. <laughs> He's got a point. You didn't even yeah. know it existed. <laughs> I didn't. I was. It was such a uh, fun, fun time. God, poor cat. I, I don't know how she got <laughs> caught up in the Santa. Like this is all she's <laughs> talked about, guys. You don't understand. Like in our in our DM group, like she. This is all she's talked about was fucking Santa Jaws. This is true. This is very bizarre. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so guys, do you want to get into the news so we can talk about the happenings and then talk about uh, this movie? Yeah, let's do it. It's time to hump the news with Rob Humphreys. He's not a genius. Okay. It was kind of a, a, a slow news week for the most part. Not for nothing. I, I was very surprised. You know, we'll see. I think I picked out some interesting things for us to discuss. As always, you can go to SlasherRadio.com, check out all these articles and more. Uh, our interviews, episodes, all that stuff. Go check out our friends at 12NightsOfHorror.com, PromoteHorror.com, and HorrorMoviesAndStuff.com. They are great sources for horror, uh, indie horror as well, which we all need to remember to support. And, um, yeah, so first up that I want to talk about... Rob, this is mostly aimed at you. Cat, I don't know if you've seen it. I know that Rob has, but uh, Freaky has officially received a date for an at-home-on-demand release, and that is December 4th. Yeah, I knew that it was going to come up soon. Jason Blum had said that. He was going to shorten the theatrical window on it um, so that people who didn't want to you know, go to theaters, didn't feel safe going to theaters, could see it at home. Uh, really good movie. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. So, And I would certainly say, if you like... Uh, the happy uh, happy death day you'll you'll like freaky. I haven't seen it yet. I've I've been trying to be good and not not go to the theater. I've been tempted by several things, and uh, freaky was one of them. But I I ended up not going. I'm excited that there's oh uh, and when is it? When's the December fourth? December fourth. Oh, that's that's close. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been looking forward to it. I've heard really good things about it. Vince Vaughn's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's really good in it too. It's it's a lot of fun. I really I really did enjoy it. Hey, cat, watch this. You know what else? Vince Vaughn. His, I mean, he gets a lot Uh-oh. of stuff for like action and comedy mostly and all that stuff. But you know, his horror ties, like his phenomenal performance in the Psycho remake. God damn it! I knew. It. It. <laughs> I knew. As soon as you said Vince Vaughn and uh. watched this, I was like, oh no. Yeah, he he was a, had a stellar performance. Damn near flawless, and um, oh, you know he was all wrong for that role, completely wrong for that role. I feel a psycho episode coming along. This should, that would be fun. We could do that. We could talk about all the psycho movies if you want. I love. Well, them. let's just talk about that one, no? Wow, that one. All no. of them. <laughs> yeah, all, all right. Fun. 
Hey, I had to watch every goddamn Saw movie, Cat. Uh, no, I just, well, I, <laughs> that's fair. Damn, I, you know, that's fucked up, man. He's always going to pull that out of his holster, Cat. You're, oh, yeah, no, that I, That's fair. I mean, you know, we've got, what, I, he can use it like six more times <laughs> for six more movies. I mean, God forbid you have to sit through Hitchcock. Oh, God. <laughs> Alright, well, I, I, like I said, Psycho aside, yeah, I think Vince Vaughn's a really good actor. And he, you know, it's really cool when we get to see these high caliber actors in a horror role with the kind of like Kevin James, even though I haven't seen uh, Becky yet, which I really want to. It's excellent. Yeah, I, and I've heard that. And I love when we're able to see these higher caliber actors in a horror role that we're not used to because. It's not easy to pull that out, especially when they're known for a certain thing, and then you look at them, you're like, "Damn, where'd that come from?" And you know, maybe it'll bring more out of uh, Kevin James and Vince Vaughn, and who knows who else. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to. Well, Vince Vaughn played a killer in the movie Clay Pigeons too. I've never heard of Clay Pigeons. Clay Pigeons is a very good movie. It's not really a horror movie. It's more of a comedy than it is anything else. It's one of those weird like '90s comedies. Okay. Um, it's got him and Joaquin Phoenix Ooh. and Janine Garofalo, and he plays a he plays a serial killer in it, and uh, highly recommended if you haven't seen it. Damn, Pigeons, right? That, that's a hell of a cast too. Wow. All right. Well. Yeah, it didn't do great when it came out for some reason, but I really liked it. All right. That's another one we gotta check out. All right. Uh, next up, Neca has a Victor Crowley toy figure whatever you want to call it uh, coming to to their their website soon guys i i don't know i know rob is into especially vinyls and you know collecting things horror cat i'm not sure if you have any cool collections going on but i mean what do you guys i think the i'm personally not into the figurine kind of thing but like some of them are really fucking cool yeah, I like the uh, NECA figures. I think they look really good. They usually do an excellent job with them. Uh, I don't own any because I like I, can't, I feel like I can't justify spending that much money on something that I'm just going to sit in a box on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like what am I going to do? I'm going to get it out and play Victor Crowley with it? I think so, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, um, but I like them. Like, they, they do a great job with them. I don't own any of them. Kat, you have any uh, uh, collections or anything like that? Um, not a lot. I, I collect, um, editions of books. Okay. Uh, it, and one of the reasons why I do that is because I, I stopped, I, I gave away a lot of my, like, shelf collectibles to make room for more books mm-hmm. in my library. Uh, I do still have some of, like, the pop vinyl figurines. I, ha- I have a very unorthodox collection because I've got, like, Sharknado and then a bunch of the Game of Thrones. And that's <laughs> wow. it. Uh, yeah, I have I have a small collection of those too. Not very many, but it adds up though. Like it does yeah. become a very expensive habit, and I didn't realize until you know. <laughs> yeah, I like picked over up a couple hundred um, dollars in, and then it's like no. <laughs> yeah, I picked up a handful of those of uh, horror figurines for my office at work. Uh, the pop vinyl, uh, the Funko Pop, whatever. And I then I've got the um, they released three uh, Prince Funko Pop. Uh, and I, I've got all three of those that I keep here next to my turntable. I have some of the. They also um, the Funko Pops do like pens. They do like little pen toppers. And I have a bunch of the. Um, I have a bunch of the horror ones. I've got like a Freddy Jason and Leatherface. 
you know, I was thinking about starting a Funko collection, but kind of like what Katja said, before you know it, you're in for, for a couple hundred, even thousand dollars on the damn thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it happens quickly. But before I forget to mention it, Rob, did you see, I got an email from Waxworks. They have the, uh, I forget what they call it, the thing that goes in the middle of the, uh, the spindle. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, what do they call those? Spindles or? Spinachers. Spinachers. And they had a Michael Myers yeah. one that sits in the middle of the vinyl on the little needle and fucking does its thing. Those would be kind of cool to have, too. Yeah, I haven't bought any of those yet because, um, I don't know, 25 bucks seems like a lot to me for that. I was going to drop it, but then I seen it, it ships in March. Yeah, they look really high quality, though. So, I don't know. I've been on the fence about that. And honestly, I just another damn thing I'm going to start collecting. Yeah. You know, like if I buy one, then I'm going to be like, oh, I got to get all of them. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, but the Michael Myers one is cool. They've got the uh, Ride of Frankenstein. And um, mm. I don't remember what other ones they've got out. Yeah, there's so many, you know, that that's one of the many things that is so great about horror. Like, little shit like that is so fucking cool to have. And it's like, you know, if I were to walk into somebody's somebody's house and they're playing, they, even if they weren't playing the, the vinyls and the record player, and i just seen that sitting there, I'd be like, whoa. You know, like, you stop mm -hmm. and really look at it, you're like, damn, okay. Yeah, those do look really cool, but I haven't I haven't picked up any of them yet. Yeah. But, yeah, those... I've been buying socks. Fuck. Yeah, like horror socks from uh, Fright Rags. I have one pair. Mm -hmm. They had a I really got... cool Black Friday sale, but they were out of all of the things that I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I we were actually talking about Black Friday shopping. And... <laughs> I actually ordered three pairs of socks from them from their Black Friday sale. I got two Ghostbusters and one uh, Big Trouble in Little China hmm. uh, pair of socks coming. God damn you. But you don't even... How do you... I have a pair of Freddy socks. Oh, wait, no. I think I have a pair of Friday the 13th. I have a pair of Jason socks, too. That's it. Like, you would think, yeah. Rob, you would at least have those. I, I do. I have a I have a pair of Friday the 13th socks. And then I have... Um, I have the Wolfman, Frankenstein, the Mummy, Man. Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, Harry Warden, uh, Leprechaun. Ones. Of course you do. <laughs> Uh, and, and you know I got the leprechaun socks. Well, I was just going to say, whoa. Did you just say leprechaun socks? Yeah, I, I sent you a picture of them when they came in. Oh, fuck. I put them on backwards <laughs> just so I can step on his face. Aw, oh, you dirty son of a bitch. <laughs> Hold on a second now. See, here we got now two. <laughs> That's three now. In one episode. Uh, damn it. Why? Why do you gotta besmirch the leprechaun like that? <laughs> oh yeah, you did send me those. I thought you just found them online. I didn't know you actually bought those. Well, yeah, yeah, I bought them. Oh my god, damn. Yeah. Oh, and I got a pair of Chucky socks too. I forgot about. I almost forgot about those. Right. Nice. <laughs> Chucky's cool socks. Yeah, no, I, I like the socks. They're real comfortable too. Yeah, and keep your tootsies warm. That's good. Yeah, and I buy shirts from Fright Rags sometimes, but. It depends on what they got. You know? yeah. yeah. Like they had that Tom Atkins shirt. I didn't buy it. I, I didn't have the money for I it. I feel like you would have paid ten thousand dollars for that shirt. It was, you know, it was like twenty eight <laughs> bucks or something plus shipping. So it's gonna be like, you know, probably thirty five dollars. And I was looking at it. And I was like, I don't really like the design that much. I'll wait. It'll come out with something better. We're not talking about Tom Atkins. It's absolutely just not gonna do it. <laughs> Moving along. Next up, 
if Gremlin th ugh, if Gremlins three happens, the creators, the writers actually insist that it be done with the original. Uh, what would it be called? I don't know. Were they they were puppets? I'd imagine or how? That's... Yeah, they, it's not going to yeah. be CGI. Bottom line, I mean that that's great news, guys. Yeah, that is good news because I. Um... For a long time, I haven't really wanted them to do a sequel because I figured they'd just screw it up. I I doubt whether or not Gremlins can have much success in a comeback, but I, I do think knowing that they won't go the CGI route, it, that gives me more hope. I'm, I would watch it. Comforting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love... I, I could see Gremlins being a big deal. You know, there's... I feel like there's people who are like, or kids, I, I should say, who late teens, early 20s, and there's a group of them that like to act like they know old shit. And it's like whenever some kind of like, oh, grandmas, and they just hop on. Like, it. It had to be. Like, these kids don't know shit about Pennywise. Like, it wasn't even... Like, it was more of like a cult thing, more so than mainstream, the original, before the new movies came out. So it's like, I couldn't believe that it caught on as much as it did. And it's like folklore to these kids about shit with shit like that. So I can see Gremlins maybe hitting it off like that. I, I don't know. But it's it's good to know that they're not going to CGI it and fucking ruin it like that. So thank God. That is good. Now, how do you guys feel about Gremlins 2, the new batch? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even really remember it very it's, well. Uh, I watched it probably, I don't know, a few years ago because I hadn't seen it in a long time, and it was better than I remembered it being. I have heard people say they like it more than the original, and that's just batshit crazy. Oh, God, that. But, uh, yeah. I, uh, I think they could do okay with, uh, with the Gremlins, uh, a third Gremlins movie, depending on, you know, market, how they market it and everything. I mean, uh, you look at, um, you know, Ghostbusters. People are all excited about Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all from that same, same era. Yeah, I'm telling you, these kids like to hop on shit, man. Like, what do you even know? Yeah, that is true. Kids be doing that. Yeah. Go away. Fuck off! And then they say the new shit's better. It's like, ah. Oh. You should be able to slap children when they say shit like that, though. Not for nothing. Yeah. I, I, here's, a, here's a hot take, though. The girl Ghostbuster movie, not as bad as everybody says it is. I haven't seen that yet. Really, people people really really hate on that movie, and I think it's actually pretty funny. I would rather watch that than Ghostbusters Two, which I think is off. Um, all right, guys. Last thing I wanted to mention. Um, there's a gentleman named, and here I go with names again, Patrick Lussier. I think I got that right. There's no way you got that. L u s s i e r Lussier. Yeah, there's there's no way, but that's fine. Always. <laughs> doubt me uh who edited Wes craven's uh scream films well i don't know it might have been the original i don't know either way uh there's a story going around about how Wes craven was kind of kicking around an alternate voice for ghostface really yeah what do you guys I, it's hard for me to picture go because it's so perfect hmm I don't know. I mean, without hearing it, I, I don't know what what I would think. You know, I mean, it seems weird now um, because that's the voice that we know. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but I, I don't know. You know, who's he going to get? Like Ted Levine? Ooh. 
That uh, would have been it, a very different movie. Yes, it would have. <laughs> Uh, but Ted Levine should, should voice everything. Yeah, I'd give it a chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, Ted, yeah, or like James Earl Jones, you know, Morgan Freeman. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, like, the voice that they used is uh, is perfect for, the, for it, yeah. But without, uh, you know, really having an idea of what the other one was going to be, I have no, you know, no way to judge it, really. Yeah. Kat, uh, what are your thoughts on this? And be careful, because... Me and you have had our, our headbutts with, with Scream. With Scream. I No, I don't Cat think the original like scream? scream... No, I don't like Scream 4. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think the original Scream could have done any better than it did. I That being said, uh, if Ted Levine wants to do his own Scream edit, I'll watch it. <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm curious enough that I would give it a go. But no, I it is very difficult to imagine someone else doing voice work yeah it is and uh to you guys's point with ted levine and i loved i'm a huge fan of the movie joyride i love joyride ted levine's candy cane that's so great yeah he's so great so creepy and perfect but uh if he came about it at a different angle maybe ted levine i i might be there for it but i don't know man because it's just there's something creepy yet simple about that Ghostface voice, and yeah, yeah, you can't use Ted Levine because spoiler alert, it's two high school kids. True, and he doesn't sound like a high school kid at all. You would have to change; it have to be two high school kids' grandfather. Yeah, I think the voice uh, in Scream, I think it's really good because y- you can tell it is a little bit. It's creepy, but there's still that hint of immaturity, though. You know, right? It. It fits the tone of the movie. It's I yeah, perfectly. Perfect. That's what, hard to imagine it being anything different. Yeah, and you know, you never know. There could have been something cool. I mean, for Wes Craven to have entertained it, you know, it may, they had. I would imagine there's something there. But as as awesome as Ted Levine is, as much as I love him, and that voice is, I mean, uh, I want to. I'm not even going to disrespect Ted Levine by saying anything dirty. But I think you guys know where I'm going. His voice is perfect for in every way, shape, or form. I don't know if it'll work with Ghostface, but yeah. yeah. Now, Ted Levine is the man. He really is. De- Rob, right now, you've been out drinking all night, and you're stumbling to the sidewalk, and a dude comes and picks you up and says, let <laughs> me give you a ride. There's two cars. Tom Atkins is in one, Ted Levine's in the other. Which car are you getting in? I'm going with my boy Tom Atkins. Oh, my God, yeah. Rob. Wait, what? Now you're just being spiteful. <laughs> no, but I do like Ted Levine a lot. Yeah, he's, he's great. I, I love the show Monster. Uh, he was on that. You know, Silence of the Lambs, Joyride. He's just great. Ted Levine. How could you not pick Ted Levine or Tom I'm done. I'm not talking about for the rest of the episode now. That's it. You know, fuck fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he picked the movie. Damn, yeah. damn it, it's true. He also picked Santa Jaws. So I mean... <laughs> yeah, why do you motherfuckers ain't ever picked no movies? <laughs> uh, you just yelled at Cat. She picked what six, seven movies all in one. Yeah, yeah. All right, never mind. I'll, I'll handle it. <laughs> I'm telling you, we should automate it. We each submit ten movies. Oh <laughs> yeah, I read that. Generator. I read that message, Cat. You're trying to give me homework now. <laughs> <laughs> You have a list of all your Friday the 13th movies ranked. In your wallet. 
You don't that. even have to put these on, like in order. You just have to send them. It's not in my wallet. It's on my phone. <laughs> I I imagine that it's laminated in your wallet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I might do that. Yeah, that's kind of pretty cool. I could just pull it out. Be like, hey, here it is. Double spaced font and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Looking all nice. Oh man. Alright guys, so this is a Rob Humphrey pick. Again. Which means it's quality. Mm. <laughs> well that that is to be debated, which we are about to do. We are talking an American werewolf in London, nineteen eighty one. Rob, you really have a thing for the early eighties, huh? Yeah, I mean, a lot of great movies from that from that time period, and um, this one's just a, a an absolute classic. John Landis wrote, uh, wrote and directed it, and um, it, it's you know, it's just to me, it's maybe the best werewolf movie ever. Like, I can't think of one that I like more. Uh, so yeah, you know, the, the you know, it's it's the early '80s. That's a great time period for for the genre. Uh, I think people were you know sort of. Um, like special effects and everything were really coming into their own at that point, you know, just a year earlier, Tom, well, two years earlier, I guess in 79 was when they made Friday the 13th, but Tom Savini was pushing boundaries with the effects on that movie. Um, and then you've got Rick Baker comes along in 1981 and makes this movie. Um, by the way, Rick Baker, uh, the first person to ever win the Academy Award for Best Makeup, and it was for this movie. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, they had never given out a Best Makeup uh, Academy Award before. Uh, 81 was the first year, and it went to Rick Baker for his work here on, on American Werewolf in London. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think it's a it's a, a really great period for, for the genre, uh, sort of overall. And then you've got these little gems of movies like this one that uh, I, I still love to go back and watch. Like, I I watched it earlier today. Um, in preparation for this episode, and I was, you know, um, I was blown away by how much I felt like it still held up. Like the effects look just as good now as they did then. All right, all right, cat. Me and you have been, for the most part, <laughs> on the same side of the fence for Rob's movies. Where, where's this one hitting for you? This is a really weird one for me because werewolves are one of the. They're one of those um, cracks in the horror genre where it's like, I'll watch a werewolf movie, but I they're never my favorite. That being said, I do think An American Werewolf in London might be my favorite werewolf movie. <laughs> so it, I, I'm in a weird position. I kind of want to defend it, but also it, I, if I never saw it again, I'd be okay. <laughs> um, which I probably could have said before I rewatched it this week. Also, it was better than I remember it, but all of, all of my favorite things, and I, I think this is kind of indicative of the issue for me, is that all of my favorite aspects of it were the non-werewolf parts. Like, like what? The, uh, like the, um, none of it, never mind, I take it back. No, um, <laughs> no, I think the opening is really good. There's just that, uh, where there's... Not uh, yeah. the shaky shots of the road, because those kind of gave me a headache. But the uh, when they go into the pub, and it's just, it's so tense. There's that tension that I just, I really liked. And that was very good. I liked the psychological aspects of it. Um, I did kind of like the body horror of the wolf transformation. But mm -hmm. then the wolf that they showed after that really paled in comparison to the body effects that were done in the transformation sequence which was kind of a letdown 
I don't know. It just I'm I'm not a huge fan of werewolves, I guess is the thing. I mean we're we're gonna we really don't really have much of a format as it is when we discuss these things anyway. But I guess we can jump right to that because that's something I noted too, Kat, and you're right. Man, Rob, I I love the transformation scene was really cool. Like I noted down for we for us to talk about it, and I'm, we can get a little more in depth about that in a little bit. But man, afterwards, like that whole thing, man, that it looked more like a bear than anything else. Like a very weird looking bear. Like it wasn't a werewolf at all. I don't know if that was maybe. Like, what do you think it was, guys? I, I'm leaning on the fence of they couldn't pull it off and make it function and look right. And that was, a, it was another really weird thing about the movie because I think some of the most effective scenes were scenes where they, they followed in the steps of, like, the earlier werewolf movies where they show less and it's more effective. Uh, the guy running through the subway tunnels, I think, is, like, one of the coolest chase scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that era like it's very effective very tense very spooky and they barely showed the wolf at all and then they would have like they showed it too much in other shots and it wasn't great yeah no i i agree it doesn't look great the the, um the actual wolf itself but to me that transformation sequence is so damn good that it makes up for any any shortcomings that it might have if that had been the (laughs) only time they had shown the wolf was the transformation scene i would I mean, there would have been part of me that would have been like, why didn't they show it after? But I, I, I think it would have been better overall because it was so good. The bar got so high. And then I don't know what kind of weird wolf bear puppet they were using after. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that that's something I think they did really good, too. Uh, and you guys mentioned it a couple times already. But it sticks out so much to me. They didn't give you a ton of werewolf. And that's fine. Like, that shouldn't be something that should be overdone, you know? It should be special. And they kept it special, which is really good. And, you know, I don't know if the most of the reason for that was, you know, cost. I'm sure it was probably, it, it helped in both ways, where it was cheaper to not. And also, you know, like, you don't want to blow your load with it right away. You know, like, make them wait for it. Keep them in suspense for it. And I, I think that was really good, too, that they didn't overexpose it. Yeah, I mean, um trying to think of when they really did show the werewolf like i liked the beginning when the wolf attacked them when they were lost on the moor yes um but that was very quick you saw a flash Mm -hmm. uh of the wolf at that point and then uh they teased you with it yeah and then it was awesome when they came in and killed it and it immediately turned back into that dude Mm mm-hmm um, because I was confused at first when they showed a shot of like that dead guy laying there. Yeah. I was like, what the? Oh, oh yeah. That's a dude. I thought it was the first dude that got mauled and I was like, how the hell did he get naked? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was my thought on it. But, oh dude, you're right. And that, that is definitely something I wanted to talk about because that first scene, I almost called it the opening scene. It's not, but the first kill in the movie, man, that, that was perfect. That had aggression. It had it had it had everything, man. That brutality of it. The effects were simple, yet they were done well. That right there is the difference between, I think, and I don't want to sound like to get off my long guy, but between older movies and newer movies, like I could only imagine when a newer movie would do with a scene like that. Like it would be so overdone, and you know, you'd probably see the whole damn werewolf right off the bat or something like that. 
But man, the simplicity of it with just pure aggression and brutality is the best way to put it. Like that that scene was fucking crazy. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the um I didn't look up the budget for this one, so I don't know how much money they had to play with to make it, but um I would guess that you know, yeah, a lot of budgetary constraints probably fit into that too. I think it had a ten million dollar budget, this thing. Oh, did it Unless really? Google's lying. Yeah, ten million dollar right. budget, yeah. I I trust Google. Oh, wait a if minute. you want a secondary source, um, just punch it into Bing. Oh god. I got one saying 5.8. Yeah, I was just looking into it because <laughs> I don't know if this is a remake because I'm looking at it now and it looks like it could be a remake that got 10 million. Well, there was there there hasn't no. been a remake. There's been talk of a remake, oh, really? but it hasn't. It's just sort of stalled. Oh. Yeah. Um. John Landis's son Max was apparently wanted to write and direct a remake of it. And um, it seemed like it was going ahead, and then uh, Max went and got himself Me Too. Yeah. And since oh, that happened, it's just been uh, kind of uh, stalled. I haven't heard any, anything else about it, so I don't, I don't think it's going forward anymore, which is fine with me, because they'll just screw it up. They're, that transformation scene is going to be completely CGI and all. It'll be like the sequel. Well, either way, I mean, a $5 million budget, even if that's the case, Cat, I mean... That that's a pretty good amount of money, especially back in eighty eighty one when this came out. So I, I don't. Yeah, that's quite a bit of money in eighty one. Yeah, it really is. IMDb does say it's ten million, but then it does say in parentheses that it's estimated. So I don't. Who knows? Yeah. So figure. Let, let's go in the middle, like seven million or something. Well, yeah, let's just give it that. Like, I, and I know effects are expensive, and they weren't as easily done back then as they are now. So I, I understand. Like, there's ups and downs with. You know, kind of um, equivocating all that stuff to nowadays, like converting that with inflation, I guess you'd call it. But I, I think they did phenomenal. Like the scene where uh, that dead dude is talking to David in the hospital. Oh, my God. The effect for uh, Jack was his name. Yeah, Jack. Jack yeah. Were so mm. good. I Jack was very interesting. If the movie had been about David and Jack I, and not like and less about the I. Because that was amazing. And even toward the end, as Jack started to get like more and more decayed, it was very stylized, but it was very effective. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love the way that the, they did that. As he, as the movie goes on, Jack keeps getting you know more and more decayed and grosser and grosser. <laughs> um, to that you know that scene with him and all the other people that they um, that David is killed and they're in that porno theater. And- mm. <laughs> I that I think may ha- in a weird way I think that may have been my favorite scene, uh that moment when you realize that it's not just the two of them in the theater that everyone else that you saw coming in was someone that uh that David had killed I I think yeah. that was like really effective very good that like the psychological horror did very well the practical effects were very good there was a lot to like about it. I just got disappointed by the wolf. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. But, I, you know, I guess, what you know, this movie is known for the transformation. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that's what everybody takes away from this movie. And, um, I, and Michael Jackson liked this movie so much that he sought out John Landis and Rick Baker to make the video for Thriller. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a... a, a you know, but but that's what he liked. That's what everybody liked about this movie. I think more than anything else. Um, but I think there's a lot of other good stuff going on. Like we talked about Jack's makeup and stuff. I think the story is good. I think it's interesting. 
um, you know, we don't you don't get that transformation until an hour into the movie. Right. But I don't think it's ever boring up until that point. <laughs> Let me stop you there, Rob. Uh, <laughs> we need to get you some ADHD meds or something, man. I swear to Look, God. Look, I was, I was, I don't want to say heavily, but I was drinking a good amount during this movie. So I focus more when I, when I am intoxicated. So I don't, that's not an excuse. I, I will say this about this movie. When it is good, it is great. But when it's slow, it borders brutal. Can you at least, Rob, I, I know I know how much you love it. Can you at least see where I'm coming from with that? Nope, I disagree. What, where, where did you get bored? I, I don't know. There was a few. Cat, are you with me here or no? Y- yeah, I don't like the romance. No. I, I didn't like any of it. Oh, all right, fine. So Cat's on the record as she hates love. Wow. Yeah, I'll go on. I'll take that position. Um, I guess. Poor cat. Maybe I. I don't like. I a romantic subplot has to be like very good for me to care about it much at all. And I, the chemistry between, uh, David and Alex. Alex I, I, yeah. I don't feel confident about any of the names in this. Uh, it just it wasn't there for me. I didn't. And I I didn't buy it. <laughs> Uh, they spent too much time on it because I I wasn't really gonna buy it anyway. I, <laughs> so if we could have cut that down, I think it would have been better. It's it's also really weird. I know you know in its time and place and the fact that it's I I don't know how hospitals work in London. It was very strange for me that the nurse is just able to like take a patient home with her. Yeah. yeah well, I my whole thing with that, what made it seem weird to me was they were like, all right, we're gonna release you from the hospital. And she's like, well, you can come stay with me. And I was like, well, is he going to go home? Yeah, his family went to his friend's funeral and, like, didn't come to London to see yeah. if he was okay. Yeah, I mean, there were a few things. There were a few things there that I questioned, but I didn't find them boring. There were just more questions that I had. You know, because, I mean, yeah, there's the there's the romance angle and everything. But, like, while he's at her place, he sees, you know, Jack again. And, and then he's... Yeah, he's struggling trying to figure out, you know, is he really going to be a werewolf or is he, you know, gone insane? Uh, I just think there's enough interesting stuff happening with the characters that it's uh, it didn't bore me at all. Yeah, I, I think it like there's always how long was this like an hour and 37 or something like that? This could yeah. have benefited from maybe being 10 minutes shorter. And and, and 10 minutes doesn't sound like a, a lot, but. You know, when you're in those moments where the scenes are a little slower and you cut it by, you know, even if it's like two, three minutes, like that go a long way here and there, you know, because you get to the next scene, there's a little more going on, change the pace a little bit. I I don't know, Rob, I feel like it slowed down a little bit here and there. And that was really my, because at first I haven't seen this, I seen this movie one time forever ago. So I, I really didn't remember much, obviously the transformation scene and the werewolf sticks out, but. I didn't really remember the story of it and all that. So I was sitting there like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I remember liking it. And at first I was like, okay, you know, this, this is starting off a little slow. I'll give it a chance. But then it hit that scene we were just talking about where they're getting mauled in the, the middle of that field or whatever. And I was like, holy shit. And then it was good. And then it slowed down. I'm like, oh, okay. And then something would happen. Yeah, there's no doubt it does slow down. Uh, it doesn't, you know. We don't keep seeing people get mauled. There's a good long stretch there, but I, to me, it's it's just interesting to watch the characters 
uh, like I said, is he struggling? Is he, is he crazy or is he really going to be a werewolf? And he's seeing his friend. Is he really seeing him or is that all in his mind? He's having those bad dreams that keep cropping up, you know, um, and then his relationship with the, with the nurse also. I mean, you know, the doctor character's fine, I guess. Also, I mean, how much free time does that doctor have? <laughs> <laughs> Well, doctors have a lot, had a lot of free time in the early 80s, as we've discussed. Dr. Chalice left and went up to Northern California to chase down a guy who stole a piece of Stonehenge to kill the children. Um, doctors were, they were basically detectives in the early 80s, apparently. <laughs> That's how they are in these movies. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's kind of the same thing. This guy leaves London and travels to the North, uh, whatever that town was called. I can't remember the name of it. North Proctor or whatever, um, to investigate uh what happened uh, to David? Yeah, I mean they could have lost that, um, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but but that brings him back, knowing that there's something wrong. You know, um, he doesn't necessarily think that, that David's going to be a werewolf, but you know, if David believes he's going to be a werewolf, then you know that he can still be just as dangerous. Yeah, I see. I think they had a a nice little. I guess you call it an out. Almost with, uh, I, I forget, I keep forgetting the kid's name, Jack or whatever his name was, the friend who is, he's seeing the ghost of and he's telling him, oh, you gotta kill yourself and, you know, you can turn to werewolf and all this stuff. It was kind of a cheesy way to explain it because, like, you gotta get the explanation in there somewhere with these movies and, you know, like, that was a really cheap way to do it, but I think it was a good way to do it because you got the effects in there and, you know, it, and, it, a, a, a completely different side point of this dude that those scenes were fucking dark when you really look at it that had been that was i think one of my favorite aspects because it's something that werewolf mythology to my knowledge has never really touched on before the fact that if you don't end the werewolf line you're condemning the souls of everyone who's died to the werewolf line to like this terrible limbo it made for like a very interesting angle and yeah that's the scene where they're debating about how david should kill himself it's like (laughs) very very dark yeah yeah you know i that uh, landis wrote this movie uh long long before he was able to make it um he couldn't get financing from anybody everybody that he showed the script to they all told him it was uh too dark and gory to be a comedy and too funny to be a horror movie um so he couldn't he couldn't get it made it wasn't until after he had success with um the comedy stuff the blues brothers and animal house that he was finally able to get somebody to give him the money to make it uh it took him a long time and even then it was a bit of a problem uh, because the posters said you know from the creator of national lampoon's animal house or whatever (laughs) and people would go in thinking they were going to see this funny romp of a werewolf movie and it was so dark that they were apparently leaving halfway through because it wasn't (laughs) what they expected you know, that, that was another pretty good point in the comedy at, I don't know if it was so much comedy, but uh, something that I think was, was different that I wanted to talk to you guys about was the dream sequence that David was having about, like, I don't even know how to explain it, like the crazy werewolves, and they were, like, tearing up that house and blowing shit up. And, oh, yeah. Right. <sighs> See, I I don't feel like there was a place for that in this movie, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad it was there. I I think it could have done, and here's a hot take 
Uh, <laughs> I think it could have done without that scene. I think it also could have done without the sex scene, which I do think is like one of the most awkward early 80s sex scenes. Yeah. I didn't like it. It, it. it was the least chemistry that they had when they needed maybe to have the most chemistry, and it was not there. I think it's one of the reasons why I didn't like Alex and David very much as a couple. But those are two scenes, because I think the dream sequence, the loss of control, as well as, uh, like, with the sex scene, the the very primal urges, those are both things that you see uh, recurring in a lot of werewolf movies. And, and I think the fact that this one did something darker and hit on the psychological tones, I, I think maybe it would have been a stronger movie if it had just like leaned into that dark comedy a little bit more instead of trying to hit like usual werewolf notes. Yeah. Yeah. I could see, like I'm on the fence with it. Like I seen it and I was like, what the hell is this? You know, like this is an early eighties monster movie. And it's like, what the hell kind of crap is this? But then when it was all said and done, I was like, you know what? It was kind of cool that it was there. I think that, the purpose that that those dream se- sequences serve is more to um, break up any sort of monotony from the hospital scenes because he's in the hospital for a long time, and it's a way to you know get us out of the hospital and show us something that's a little bit scary. Right. And I I think that's really the only purpose they serve. I I agree with Cat. I think um, I don't know if it would be a, a better movie without him, but it could certainly lose them and not really miss him. Yeah. Yeah, and I I just I was surprised I wasn't as mad as I was that it was there. That was yeah. my thing. They're not a, but I will say this: I do disagree with Cat on the sex scene. You got to have a sex scene in an early '80s horror movie. Then they could have done it better. Cat, <laughs> thank you so much. It was so awkward. I was sitting. There, Rob, look, the best part, the best sexual aspects of a movie, any movie. Should not be a dude's ass. <laughs> and that was the best aspect of these fucking sexual aspects of this movie was his, like, in the transformation scene. His ass looked great. I'm comfortable <laughs> enough to say it. I'll come out and say it. His ass looked great. But, man, that sex scene was so bad. Like, I'm and, like, he's not even, he's just laying there. He's not even doing nothing, Rob. And, like, yeah. I couldn't quit thinking about it either because there's, like, right before they are, Pervert? right before they get in the taxi... There's like he's she's on the phone and he's like nibbling at her and I was like even this level of chemistry would have been fine but where was it like five scenes ago yeah it his character his character's great in that in that part of the movie where he's after the first uh, night that he goes out and kills a bunch of people you know he feels that was great. his best acting yeah yeah he um that, that actually speaking of his ass Mikey um <laughs> the, his work in this movie cost him i would assume it's quite a bit of money he was the star of dr pepper's be a pepper uh national ad be campaign when he made uh when he made this movie and they dropped him after it came out because of the the subject matter and also his uh his the male nudity in the movie oh c- so cost, come on i bet it ended up costing him quite a bit of money in the long run because you can make a lot of money off those national ads the balls man I, come on it, his ass looked great like I said, I'm comfortable <laughs> enough in myself to say it. I don't. I don't care. I don't think it was about the quality of the nudity. I think it was just <laughs> nudity in general. But if I was Dr. Pepper or any brand for that matter, I'd want this guy to be like, you know, they see him in the commercial. Oh, that's that guy. Did you see his ass? Like, I'm gonna go get a Dr. Pepper now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I cat. I agree. 
there's nothing there's nothing more awkward than watching like watching a sex scene in general can get awkward just in on face value normally especially you know depending on who you're watching it with like it could just get awkward there's not more awkward than watching bad sex it's just not man like it's <laughs> fucking oh god damn I, i'm glad it wasn't just me i'm really glad it wasn't me Everything's got to be perfect for you young people, doesn't it? I mean, god damn, Rob, we're not asking for the, for the world here or nothing, but you can do better than that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was weird, too. Yeah, like, see, the cat's right. The, the relationship, the whole thing could have just been done. Like, we didn't really need all that. He had to have a reason to stay in London. I almost wish that they had taken out the love arc entirely but there was like there was one window where i thought it could really work because there's that line in there um when when he's talking about like wolfman and whatever and you, where he's like you know i i think what is it? i i think you i should have written it down i think the werewolf has to be killed to by be, somebody who some, loves them something yeah. like that and it was like it, it was mushing it over the top but it's like that's gonna be a really good payoff because she's not going to have to say i love you she's just going to get to kill him and it's going to be satisfying and that will tie up the romantic arc as well at, without being like over the top and then they both said i love you and then she wasn't even the one to kill like she got yeah. him killed arguably you could play it from right. that angle but it's like it would have been i i think the romance actually might have worked if they had tied it back around to that but they missed the window and she just uh yeah i mean that's possible he does say i think though he's just yeah. wrong <laughs> that's true sometimes he people are just wrong, wrong. <laughs> i mean not me but other people oh uh, my wait, hold on hold on Okay. Up to four? Yeah, four whips. We start calling you whippy, Rob. <laughs> I don't know why you're never smacking cat around. I, I, you know, if I had these Making up and good going, points. if I had these up and going during that Scream Four argument, I, I very well might. <laughs> I don't know. But no, it, there's certain things. There's here and there. Just get rid of a couple little things, and I think stuff like that goes a really long way. Like I really truly yeah. believe that. So it is. Um, this is considered a, a an early horror comedy. I mean, not the sure. earliest. Obviously, they go back to the forties, but um, it's uh, very influential on uh, a lot of people. Like uh, uh, Edgar Wright has said that the you know this movie was uh, a big influence on him. Uh, so I, the question, I guess, do you guys think it's funny? No. You didn't laugh at all. I, other than that sex scene, his ass a couple <laughs> times. No, I didn't laugh at all. Um. The only time I laughed <laughs> out loud, th there were things that I thought were amusing mm -hmm. in it. I, I can see how it's the roots for like horror comedy as we know it today. I, I, I see the relationship. But the only time that I laughed out loud was <laughs> right after he like when <laughs> when she said that she loved him and then he immediately attacked her. And I, I thought that was kind of hysterical, Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I don't think is what I was supposed to feel. I don't <laughs> I thought the scene in the zoo was, was funny. funny. I laughed a lot during that. Uh, when when he was running naked through the zoo, and especially at the little boy who went to his mom. <laughs> he said, Mom, a, a naked American man stole my balloons. It made me laugh. Uh, I did like her reaction. She just looks so dumbfounded. Yeah, I laughed a lot. Uh, I laughed more at this movie than I remembered laughing at it um, in viewings in the past. But I, I get what you guys are saying. I think there's a thing about sort of early 80s comedies, even. 
that are a lot like that. Um, they're not really, there's just a lot of amusing things that happen where they're not really laugh out loud funny. I'll give it that. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I can give it that. Yeah, like the, the scene where he was butt naked from the wolves was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and and like his conversations with uh, Jack um, in the beginning of the movie, also I, I found them very amusing. Uh, just their their sort of interplay. Now, once Jack died, and it, those conversations became really creepy. Uh, but just the the way they the two of them you know interacted before that, I, I found very amusing too. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just curious. I didn't know if you guys thought it was funny or not. I mean, the, the whole like the whole concept of being confronted by a group of people that you've murdered inside a porno theater while they discuss ways that you should kill yourself made me laugh too. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it to where it's like, got that casual, like, Oh, (laughs) kind of, I'll give it that. But keep in mind too, like my age, I grew up comedy hard as I know it is scary movie, you know, which is way more, I mean, scary movies kind of—it's definitely more comedy than horror, sure. But you know, like stuff like that is my point. You know, yeah. like there's no subtlety to that. No, not not in the least bit. Honey, honey, ho. But um, yeah, that's kind of my my point. Where it's like we're spoiled with comedy horror. The uh, uh, fuck, what was the name of that movie that you picked, Rob? Tucker and Dale. Yeah, Tucker and oh, Dale. Versus Tucker and Dale. Right. Is <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I think of when horror comedy, where it's like, it's very disturbing and often like pretty gory, but there's, you know, laugh out loud moments. Right. Right. Yeah. And I I think we're spoiled with that now because you had had said it too. Comedy horror was so new at that point. Like they were experimenting and putting their feet in the water with it. Like horror movies were, you know, Halloween and stuff like that. How dare you? put comedy into things back then and I, I i feel like that's how it for the most part was looked at now it's so acceptable and and even successful like scary movie yeah made fucking more than most horror movies you know like it's it's so it's become so perfected that i think yeah. i look at it differently because of how you know the movies i grew up on from it right but it's really pervasive now too to almost to the point that when i'm reading like a description of a movie that i haven't seen yet and it says it's a horror comedy. I just kind of roll my eyes. It's like, can we just not, you know? Like, I get it, and I enjoy some horror comedies, but I also just like a good scary movie. Can I just watch one of those? <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Do you think it's really rewarding, though, when you see a trailer for something that you think is just going to be, like, a really awful horror movie, and then uh, you get dragged into watching it anyway, and then you find out it's a horror comedy? Like, it knows it's bad, I, I think, uh, can be, like, a fun surprise. Yeah, and and that's how I yeah see. But there's another side to that coin, and we talked about Ir Chris, who was on this horror life with you uh, this week, Rob, and he came on, and we talked about Feast one episode on here, and I did not think that was a comedy horror by any stretch of the imagination. I was going into that thinking it was like Evil Dead mixed with like I don't know Alien or something like that. That's what it looked like to me. From just a little bit that I seen the poster and a couple things, and then when you find out it's a com- full blown at that comedy horror, you're like, whoa! Like you have to adjust so quickly, and it's like sometimes it's a little offsetting. But yeah, I mean, t- I'm gonna be honest, Tucker and Dale, I didn't think I was gonna like it. 
because like there are comedy horrors where it's like like kind of like what rob said where you're just gonna roll your eyes but like, all right this is just stupid and i thought that was the way i was gonna kind of lean with that one but i was wrong you know like there are it, it's one of those things that has to be done right too that's that's the problem with it as well i think more often than not those movies tend to lean more comedy in my yeah. estimation and usually it's not very good comedy you know? yeah yeah um so then i'm just watching a bad horror movie that thinks it's funny and it's not it's like the later screen uh, i'm sorry scary movies i think that's uh, the yeah. trick is that you have to go like uh you have to commit to both you have to be like full horror full comedy yeah and a lot of movies don't they're not brave enough to do that yeah I, I've said it before. It is a dangerous fucking tightrope you're walking when you're doing that comedy horror shit. Like, it's very hard to please both sides of it and get that good mix of ingredients together to marinate. And it, it's not easy to do. That's why I really don't, as much as I love comedy and obviously love horror, I rarely will sit and watch a comedy horror because it's so. Ah, oh shit. Meet the Blacks, I think, the one with Tracy Morgan and Mike Tyson. That shit yeah, yeah. was fucking hysterical. Oh, really? I didn't like it. Oh. I haven't seen it, so I... <laughs> yeah, that's, I knew that. I, yeah, I figured it might be the whip. I didn't like it at all. Uh, but, you know, whatever. You can you can like it if you want. I thought that was funny as hell. But there's, <clears throat> you know, anything with Michael Blackson in it, by the way, just a little side note, I fucking will watch it and love it. Anything with Michael Blackson is funny as hell. But anyway, yeah, it, I, I didn't get that vibe from this. I, I think it was like one of those movies where like I wasn't sure if I was supposed, like if they were trying to be funny or if it was just bad. No, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was most definitely trying to be funny. I mean, John Landis is, he's just known for comedy. Um, huh. You know, like I said, the Blues Brothers and Animal House and Kentucky Fried Movie. He did the Twilight Zone movie too. Yeah, Killed a Man. Yeah, yeah which is crazy. And I don't think ever took responsibility for it, which is unfortunate. Well, <laughs> no wonder his son's a shithead who couldn't make a movie. Good lord, Rob, shithead. Wow. <laughs> What's with kids today, huh? No respect. Wow, tell me how you really feel. Yeah, but... Uh, don't hold uh, back. Right. No, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Come on. Holy shit. I'm sure, I'm sure John Landis is going to lose sleep about what I say about <laughs> him or his kid. I, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But oh, hold on a second. Hold on, guys. Wait a minute. Kat, I need you to be aware that I, I just seen this now. At 1.49 a.m., uh, close to, we're going on about an hour ago, Rob sent a picture of Tom Atkins. Is this Atkins. about Tom yep, Atkins? Yep. <laughs> sent a damn picture about of Tom Atkins again. Yeah. Mikey got it twice. Damn it. Because I wanted to include, I wanted to include, um, cat in on that one but then also there's the other uh dm chat that's just become uh nothing but tom atkins photo cat <laughs> did you see this I, yeah i saw it just a couple minutes ago and you know soul that you just say nothing i didn't say anything wow we were on a good roll i didn't want to like interrupt and be like also at, now that you've said we're not gonna talk about it let's cycle back around to tom atkins he makes it happen god damn it <laughs> I'm getting sick and tired of these things. Hold on. I'm going to scroll. Oh, okay. Uh, Saturday at 10.53 p.m., Tom Atkins. Thursday, uh, on Thanksgiving of all days, 10.32 p.m. It seems to be around 11, 10.30, 11 o'clock he gets the Tom Atkins fix. Tom Atkins. Then again, 
Thursday at 11.26, Tom Atkins, and here we are again today. Yeah. I just want you to remember. <laughs> oh, I haven't forgotten. Did you notice uh, the soundtrack to this movie? Every song had uh, the word moon in its title? No. Not? Oh, really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. There are three versions of Blue Moon that are played. Um, one at the beginning, one somewhere in the middle, and one at the end. Um, there's Creedence Clearwater Revival's Bad Moon Rising, and the shower scene has Van Morrison's Moon Dance. Oh, I definitely noticed. I the, the really was that, uh, Mikey, I I thought it was, like, very obvious. I was like, this is not subtle. Yeah. What are you guys being astute? I did not. Maybe that liquor didn't help. I don't know. I, I, just, <laughs> I did not notice it. <laughs> and I read online, he tried to get Cat Stevens' moon shadow, but Cat Stevens had uh, gone, I think, religious at that point. Oh. And didn't like the subject matter of the film, so he wouldn't like music. Damn, that sucks. Okay, guys, I need your opinion on something, and I'm sorry I'm going off topic again, but how do you feel about actors and in horror specifically? And I'm going to mention Warwick Davis, because off the top of my head, he's the main one I can think of. Like, they, they have all the success with horror movies, and then they just want nothing to do with them. And, you know, they'll say it's because of religion or... Because uh, I had kids, and like, trust me, I get it, and all that. But to completely abandon it like that, like, I, I, I don't like that. Am I wrong? It doesn't bother me. I mean, whatever, somebody else will take the role. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, but and then don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they should be forced to do it. I, I just, it's a shame to see it. You know, it's it's their job. They can do what they want. I get it, but it's so disappointing. I'm just sad about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand it, um, but yeah, there is there are certain people who seem to act like they're you know above the genre. Yeah. Um, but that's also sort of the industry as a whole. You know, I mean, when you look at like um, you know the Academy Awards or you know, all the year end lists from critics and everything, there's never really horror movies on there. Every once in a while, you'll get uh, Get Out or something will end up on those lists and get nominated for an award, but that's very few and far between. And so I think for them, I mean, if you're a professional actor and you're working in movies and you're in an industry that doesn't value you, these movies, this genre, then you're going to avoid it and try to distance yourself from it. And it's unfortunate, but I, I do kind of understand it. But, it, you know, it's just the way the game's played. Kat, does that bother you? or? It, yeah, it bothers me a lot. It's, it's something that I, because I think some of the most human most relatable like most important stories are told in the horror genre right and it's you know <laughs> i i think it's one of those things that's just so expansive because we do have a lot like it's a genre that has a lot of like throwaway cheap stuff that gets made but it the, the whole thing has kind of been tossed out with you know, with the cheaper stuff, and I, I think that's a real shame. It's it's something that I notice in movies, and it's something that really bothers me in books as well. Yeah. I, I think The Stand should be taught as, like, literature, and it it's never going to be, you know? Right. But, yeah. I don't know. I don't, know. It's, it, don't mind me. I, I don't know. I, I hate seeing that. It's like, damn, man. Did you forget? It, it, don't even get me started on the actors like who got their start in Tales from the Crypt and shit and act like it never happened. Don't even get me started on that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that, I mean, and that's the, the thing. 
um, there are a lot of actors who got their start in horror and then like to pretend that that never happened. Yeah, and they never even go back. See, that's why like, I'll give it to Vince Vaughn, man. And I don't know if he got his start in horror or anything, but like every now and then he'll go back to that to the genre. And you know, like I don't expect them to turn down all the money they're going to make and all that when <laughs> elsewhere. Don't get me wrong, but like I mean, it, it don't hurt to come back home every now and then. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, where I notice it a, a lot of times are things like um, Crystal Lake Memories. Mm-hmm. Like when they were doing, you know, talking to all, a bunch of the cast members from Friday the 13th, Kevin Bacon's nowhere to be found. That kind of stands out. Yeah, it's, it's a fuck, man. I don't know. Jennifer Aniston's another one, as much as I love her, but, like, come on. Where would you be? There, I mean, we don't know, but... Like, would would we have Rachel Green the way we know her, you know, without... Uh, we don't know. They played a role somewhere. Well, no. Clearly, The Leprechaun was the seminal work of her career. <laughs> I don't know how she didn't win awards for that fucking thing, but that's a whole other whole topic. Yeah, I've never... I've, I've never seen her... I've never seen an interview or read an interview with her where she's been asked about it. Yeah! Uh, I wonder what her reaction would be. Maybe the problem is on the interviewers. Maybe <laughs> it could be. Damn right. Damn right. I mean that. You know, that could be it. Maybe they just don't want to ask about it. I'll tell you what. When I interview people, I I'll ask about it if I find something like that. I uh, I did an interview with Greg Allman before he died, and uh, I asked him about his episode of Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, he laughed. He was like, "Oh, that that's the one where the tattoos come to life or something." <laughs> But see, and, that's uh, their reaction to it, man. Yeah, yeah. He he remembered it. He you know he's not an actor though. He's a musician. Right. So to him, it was like he said he tried his hand at acting, and it just he flat out said, "I just wasn't very good at it." So I just stopped. Right. Um. You know, I talked to Harry um, Harry Connick Jr. I asked him about uh, Bug and working with William Friedkin, and uh, he was more than willing to talk about it. He had a great time making that movie. Yeah, it's just it's a shame. It really is a shame. We need a little more love for the genre, man. We really do. It, it gives so much. It gives such a platform to young actors. Yeah. And it always has. And it's rare that they take hey, it, hey. though. But, I mean, look at Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, Johnny Depp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of people who've gotten their start in the genre and, and, and you know, gone, uh, gone on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Or uh, bigger and worse things. Maybe. Donnie Depp. Oh, <laughs> uh, poor Johnny Depp. But he's been the one who's been the most sort of inclined to come back to the genre in some ways. I mean, he's worked with Tim Burton on Sleepy Hollow. Well, his horror roles have been his best work, I think. Mm-hmm. It, with, the, with a notable exception, I think. <laughs> Which but, one? But for the uh, secret window. Oh, God. I've never I seen that. Don't. <laughs> I'm scared just by the title. It's yeah. bad. That was him, right? I'm not making yeah. this up. Yeah, okay. he, was, he was in it. I, I just haven't seen it. Have you seen um, the Polanski movie he was in called uh, The Ninth Gate? No. Yeah. I really like that. Although I've been told that's not horror, but I, I think it's close enough. It's, um, what is, like, thriller, maybe? I, I, I mean, I guess. It, I don't it's know. It's like just, uh, I would count it as... It's close maybe. enough to me. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's about a guy who's trying to hunt down a book for the devil, yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't. Know. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but that seems close enough to what the actual plot is. That's fair enough. And it was good. 
But um, I'm trying to look and see if I uh, I mentioned anything that I wanted to mention. There's really not much. We talked, we touched on the transformation scene a little bit, but guys, I mean that was that was fucking awesome. I do. I, I and we talked about this a little bit. I because one of the things that I really liked about this movie was that it went its own way with werewolf mythos and i the idea of the transformation being that painful was, was something that you know a lot of other werewolf movies kind of like skim past that and they they took it in a different direction they like really drew it out i really appreciated it uh yeah yeah i mean that the transformation scene in this film is just one of those iconic horror scenes I mean, it's, you know, it's up there with, with the most iconic in the genre to me. Right. Um, and, you know, and it's, you know, yeah, it's never really been duplicated or surpassed in my mind. Um, just the, the work that Rick Baker did. And it's funny, Rick Baker was upset um, on when they shot it because, like, you know, uh, he worked for, I don't know how long, a few months on getting, like, the everything ready for the face transformation. Right. And then John Landis did one take that lasted about seven seconds. Oh, God. <laughs> the face transformation. Yeah. He was like, I wasted all my time. But apparently he went to a screening with an actual audience, um, you know. And after the transformation scene, it, they, the audience that he was in like, like broke out in applause. And so he was like, all right, I guess it works. Damn. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen him done <clears throat> a ton of things. And even not so much in... Uh, werewolf movies because I mean there's really not a ton of them but just trans- Dude, that transformation in Teen Wolf look out are you serious <laughs> I don't know I don't remember the transformation scene in there I'm sure there is one but oh well you were about to get another whip I had my hand on the mouse <laughs> don't, don't act like you don't like Teen Wolf I pulled the folder I've never seen even a second of Teen Wolf in my life Get out of here. You've seen Teen Wolf. That movie, everybody's seen that movie. I have. I swear I've never seen Teen Wolf. That's your loss, Mikey. Uh, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie. Michael J. Fox playing basketball as a werewolf. Apparently that's okay. There's no rule against that. <laughs> I suppose not. But like I was saying, we, there's been a ton of different transformation scenes throughout film in general, but I don't know, man. There was something about this one. And, you know, you always got to think about the time that it was done in, too. You know, like that, that's that got to play a big part. And I, I think it makes it so much that much more impressive that they were able to pull this off the way they did in the time that they did. And Like you could put that exact scene, just cut it and paste it into a movie today and it'll it would miss me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's just a, a wonderful piece of work. It's great. Um. And, you know, watching it today, uh, I, you know, you can't take your eyes away from it either. Like it's, it's, and it's, I mean, it's absolutely horrific to watch. Right. Uh, just how painful it was and everything, but you also can't look away at the same time. And, and again, his ass looked great for that scene, but, <laughs> uh, my God, I'm always surprised when I see a, a male ass in a movie, Like you don't see it often. Like I said, yeah. when it came to that, I said, Whoa. Wow. Like, uh, what's his name? Christian Bale was another one in American Psycho. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't seen that movie in forever. I didn't like it. Oh. I mean, I don't know. Everybody talks about it like it's this classic of the genre and stuff, but when I saw it, I just did not like it at all. Um, but I saw it in theaters, like, a couple of days after it came out, and 
I was like, whatever. It wasn't for me. Maybe I'd like it more if I watched it now. Maybe. Maybe. Um, guys, uh, did, did you have anything else to mention on this movie that we didn't have? I just wanted to ask you guys real quick if you had seen the sequel. No. Um, An American Werewolf in Paris. The fuck? Really? I didn't even know. Yeah, it came out in like 1995, 96. I don't think so. I, I remember, um, cause, uh, again, that was, it, it came out not too, like they were airing it on like sci-fi or whatever. I remember seeing uh, ads that it was coming up and I remember being really excited to sit down and watch it. But then I don't remember the movie at all. I don't know if like maybe I didn't get the chance to see it or if it was that bad that I just um, locked it somehow. I don't. I have no recollection of the movie other than like the the sci-fi channel ads for it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> John Landis wasn't involved at all. Rick Baker wasn't involved at all, um, as far as I know. Anyway, maybe Rick Baker was, but uh, yeah, it's it's a really it's a really bad movie, but. Um, I just wanted to mention it because it's it is out there. I didn't know if you guys had seen it or not. No, but wait a minute. So, is it the same dude or just a completely different person? No, a completely different oh, okay. person and everything. But apparently, at one point, um, when they were trying to set up everything to go shoot this in England, they needed to get uh, four work permits um, for. Um, I think it was. I think it was. I don't remember now. Maybe it was John Landis, Rick Baker, and uh, uh, Griffin Dunn and David McNaughton, the you know, the two actors, David and and Jake. Huh. Um, Jake or Jack? No, I can't remember. Something anyway, with Jay. yeah. Um, and the uh, they needed work permits from them from the government, and the um whatever department in the English government grants the work permits granted three of them but said that Griffin Dunn didn't need one they could use a, an English actor or an American actor who was living in England to play that part and uh John Landis was insistent that um they were not going to recast his movie for him so he told them that if he didn't get the work permit he would change the title to an American uh, an American werewolf in Paris and he would just go shoot it in France and uh they oh immediately God. issued the work permits um, so I just thought it was funny that the sequel that eventually came out 20 or well, I guess 16 years later, um, was, uh, an American werewolf in Paris. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I don't know. It's just kind of cheesy to me. Like, oh man, they will put him in Paris. Yeah. Well, Rob, uh, okay, guys, I, I need to get a, before we wrap this up, I need to get a Portnoy on this one. All right. So, Rob, you start since you're you're the one to pick the damn thing. Eight point four. Oh, cat, help me on that. I I feel like it's I, high. I, yeah, I feel like it's. I I feel like I did this uh, last time. Also, I I wouldn't give it. A, I seven point something. Okay. I I liked it. I liked it more than I liked the fog. Like, but I I have a tough time putting it all the way at eight. Maybe maybe the fog should have been lower. Maybe I'm seeing the error. Ah, so I was <laughs> right. <laughs> you were right. Uh-huh. I I give it like a a seven point four. Okay. You know I, I'm in the same. Maybe. Yeah, I'm in the same neighborhood. I would give it. I I think a I think a seven point three is perfect for it. 
You guys are not making me happy. <laughs> Rob, <laughs> I'm doing the best I can here, man. I you even just hate it. the classics. That's the problem. No, I don't hate yeah, the classics. No, it's, it's fine. Next week, we'll review Final Destination 22 or whatever. Wow. Why don't we do Saw fucking 6? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I... In- that would get an eight for me. <laughs> wow! Look at the shadow that locked and loaded. Did you see oh, that? Damn it! Wow. <sighs> okay. Okay. And, and you have the nerve to talk about Rob and his Friday Thirteenth ranking. She's got port noise on every <laughs> Saw movie. Ready to go. But uh, I, on history alone, you can't give it any less than a seven. Like you really can't. And as much as I feel like there were, it had its slow moments. You know, it it redeemed itself more than enough. Like when when rubber met the road. I hate using the word rubber in front of Rob. I was about to, I was about <laughs> to say, yeah, rubber. That's a movie. Oh, well, here we go. Here we go. Okay, so now an amazing movie. When when this movie got traction, you know, it really paid off, and there, it had great shit in here, man. Like overall. There are so many things you can point to in this movie that's way better than shit that's even coming out in 2020. Not that much is coming out in 2020, but <laughs> you get the point. I think we have fair scores. Rob's was a little high, but... Right. No, mine was right, and you guys are low, and it's fine. <laughs> I do want to mention something to you guys really quick, and this has nothing to do with anything we talked about today, but I did promise Robert... Oh, God, with the names. Gatches? <laughs> G-A-C-H-E-S. Gatches. No way that's right, but okay. (laughs) It can't be wrong. But his Twitter handle is at Gatches underscore 152. And he he asked me if I noticed anything about the... He was listening to our our Krampus episode. And Robert, as much as I appreciate you listening to us, the show has changed vastly (laughs) since the Krampus episode. (laughs) Like... I'm the only one, oh, well, yeah, I'm the only one that's still on the damn show from then, so, man, maybe check out some of our newer stuff, man, but besides the point, uh, mm-hmm. he was he was listening to that, and he asked me if I ever caught the trick-or-treat Easter eggs in Krampus? I didn't. Guys, mm-hmm. I don't know if you... No. No? No. Alright, so, I asked him to explain, and uh, trick-or-treat and Krampus, apparently, according to Robert, were both directed by Michael Doherty and made up candies from the trick-or-treat film and included them in one of Sam's lollipops. When I was watching it, I caught caught that. I put two and two together, and it made me enjoy Krampus even more. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking Sam from trick-or-treat. Oh, okay. So um, I guess there was a character named Sam in Krampus. Okay. Sam from trick-or-treat lollipop in this little box. Oh, no, I didn't notice That's it. That's fun. No, I mean I've seen Krampus once. I didn't like it. I liked it. Um, yeah, I mean it's fine. That was another one of those. Oh, great, a horror comedy. What I find interesting is like this dude went out of his way to make a lollipop, and I'm looking at it because Robert was nice enough to send a picture of it for me. Like the, these directors and stuff, they go out of their way to do something that small that like two percent of people are going to even fucking notice. Like it's so crazy. Yeah, I didn't notice it at all. And I like Trick or Treat. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I like both Trick or Treat. That one that he's talking about with with Sam and also the one from the 80s with uh, Ozzy Osbourne. 
I liked. Tr- I I'm surprised about the Easter egg. I like. I I guess not that surprised because I liked Trick or Treat, but I usually watch whatever streaming and Trick or Treat was not available anywhere for the longest time, so I've only seen it like once or twice. Right. But I I liked Krampus a lot too, so it's that's a that's a fun fun callback. Right. I'll look for it uh, when we watch Krampus <laughs> this year. <laughs> right. Yeah, I like little shit like that. It's cool to see that. I never notice them though. I don't pay attention very much. Not very observant. No, no, I'm really not. But hey, I'll try and work on that just for you, Rob. Rob, how many whips did you get this episode? Like six, I right? Know. I didn't count. I don't know. But alright, guys. So you guys can go check us out at slasherradio.com. Uh, also follow us on Twitter. We are at Slasher Radio. I am at Mikey's Dead. Mr. Humphrey, where are they finding you? You can find me uh, on Twitter at RadioRob123. That's actually my handle on all, pretty much all social media, so you can follow me uh, wherever you want. And you can also check out my other show, This Horror Life, which can be found wherever fine podcasts are sold. They're not sold. Downloaded, procured, whatever. Don't tell Joe Rogan that. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his was sold. <laughs> yeah, when are we going to get one of those Spotify deals, Mike? <laughs> I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. Spotify, please get at us. <laughs> right? Seriously. Yeah, so. <laughs> Cat, <laughs> where are they finding you? On Twitter, um, at cat underscore velour, V O L E U R. Capital C, capital B. Right. Mine's all lowercase. Right. You know. Because yeah, I represent. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Seven. To- <laughs> thank you very much for listening to us this week. We'll be back next week, and good night from Slasher Radio. All the best with Slasher Radio podcast. When the hell she fall asleep? <laughs> the balls of you. <laughs> the balls of you. So we just hung around here, made some food, watched some football, you know. Yeah. I had Stevie over. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah, it was a fucking blast. The <laughs> toilet downstairs, uh, the, like, the the little stopper inside, you know, uh-huh. that lifts up and down. I don't, like, it, it's running. The bowl is running, so it's like, that's not closing properly, and I, I told him, he's like, oh, I'll look at it. I'm like, Uncle Stevie, please, don't touch my fucking toilet. <laughs> like, it's bad enough what you do to my toilet up here, man. Like, I don't need you fucking up two toilets. Yeah. I can't afford that. Yeah. Hey, Cat. Is Cat here? <laughs> yeah, Cat's here. Hey, how you doing? Doing Kat, all right. Do you have a family member 
that just shits like uncontrollably? No. No, really? No, I don't. Not an immediate family member. No. Well, not that I've ever noticed. Damn, lucky you. I have a family member, my uncle. He will just like he does not care, man, where he fucking has to do it either. Like it d- does not bother him in the least. It's fucked up. Hey, you gotta go. You gotta go. Rob, are you one of those people that can just shit anywhere? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, <sighs> like yeah, like uh, those people who are afraid of public bathrooms or whatever. Not me. I'll get in there and do it. I don't care. <laughs> what the fuck? I can't do it, man. I cannot. Even at work, like no, no, no. Oh no, no. No, no, I'll blow the toilet up at work. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you are an animal. I can't. I can't. Like my thing is, I don't want. Like, as I see people going in and out of the bathroom, and if they're in there a while, like, when they come out, like, it's, it might be fucked up, but I can't help but say, ah, oh, you dirty ass. Like, I know <laughs> what you did. And, like, I don't want people looking at me as the dirty yeah. ass, you know? I can't. I can't. No, I know some people are Some people are like that. It ain't me, though. I'll go right in there. I'll tell you. I'll be like, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be back in 20. <laughs> oh, my God. You have no shame. Mm-mm. Kat, I I have a feeling you're on my side with this one. Uh, I'm not actually. But <gasps> my so the last couple months I've been I've moved back into my childhood home to help my parents with renovations, and we're down to one restroom now. Uh-huh. Uh, because the one downstairs has been like it's it's functional, but like all of the walls and everything have been like gutted out. So uh-huh. public restrooms are so much nicer than anything that I've got going on at home, <laughs> where I have to wait for like an hour to get into the restroom or, or just like <laughs> have no walls. We can also we can li- like literally see into the laundry room from the downstairs oh, bathroom. No. And it's been like this forever. We're like we've just finally gotten the stuff that we need in to like repair the floor, and I'm just like, oh man, it could not have come soon enough. I've been <laughs> upset about this. It's one of the reasons why I came home because like, uh, I it was just supposed to be like a couple month renovation to like to some of the pipes and stuff, and I came home and they're just like they had been living without the downstairs bathroom for like six months when I came back, and I'm like. <laughs> This is not okay. Like we have to. Damn. This needs fixed. Right? <laughs> Why are there no walls in the bathroom downstairs? See, that is the type of toilet my uncle that I was talking about, Stevie. He he, he would revel in having a toilet. Like if he could shit and have you see him. Oh god damn! It's like setting a child loose at Disney World, man. He would oh, be no, so happy. I don't- yeah, no, I don't want that. Oh, he don't mind. Yeah, no, that's not cool. Like, I don't want, you know. You know when you you when you're younger, you like you break in on your friend in the bathroom or something, like you kick the door in, break in to say hi, taking shit. You know, they're they're embarrassed. They're trying. They're covering up, trying to shut the door. He will smile at you, look you dead in the <laughs> eye, and start waving it at you. No <laughs> shame whatsoever in his game. So if he had a, the ability. To where he could shit and you just see him like naturally. Oh God, he'd be so happy. That dirty, dirty bastard. Unbelievable. I know, uh, but damn it, I, I I have a thing like I can't. I, I get stage fright. Like I cannot shit. Even if like if I'm at work and I really, really, really gotta go, I'll go home on my break. Like I will not, and I will have to <laughs> run. Like there's been times I haven't eaten <laughs> on my lunch break because I was too busy going back and forth and yeah, can't do it. 
That's ridiculous, man. Just go to the bathroom. Uh, Everybody poops, Mikey. I know, I know, but I just can't do it. Oh, that whip is the best fucking thing. I feel better after <laughs> I whip you up, even though it's not real. <laughs> so much better. 